Buongiorno a tutti. Welcome everyone. This is episode three of FPL Toilet and it is called Nadir Belhaj. Enjoy. So why Nadir Belhaj? Who was he? Who is he? I think he might still play. He was a left back for Portsmouth, also for the Algerian national team. This was back in the infamous Tony Adams era, so about 2008. Uh, there was a situation where him and Armin Traore, both classes 4.0 defenders for Portsmouth, were taking it, taking it in turns to play on the left of midfield. So great out-of-position options. Boxing Day 2008, West Ham are the visitors. This isn't the established Premier League team, West Ham. This is the team that got relegated a couple of times. So great home fixture. Clean sheets of bread and butter for a defender, always. That's the reason I played Belhaj. And I thought, yeah, might, might get lucky, might get an assist. In the end, he played left back. They lost 4-1. It was a terrible, terrible decision. I deserve nothing, but he scored the one. I got six points and I got away with it. So this is dedicated to Nadir Belhaj, episode three of FPL Toilet. Have a seat, you're in for a treat. Yeah, a bit of a drinking game for these. Every time you hear the term, obviously, basically, or you know, you have to drink. And yeah, I'm joking there because you would be dead after last episode. So a bit of self-feedback. I'm going to try and cut down on using those terms. Uh, another thing from last episode, when I was talking about Mendy, I said, if he gets that freedom against Arsenal, imagine, you know, imagine the freedom he's going to get against, I meant to say weaker teams, I accidentally said stronger teams. It wasn't just epic banter. Uh, so yeah, this probably be a regular thing. Things I forgot Monday or Tuesday when I do the review, just little top-ups. Actually, pimping players, be yeah, a general things I forgot to mention. And yeah, little pr- preview as opposed to review. Cool. So there was doubt whether Ruben Neves was a Dullard pick, a Maverick pick... You know, he's a deep midfielder, very reliant on set pieces, but he does things like flick the ball up to himself and score a volley from 40 yards, which he did last season. His cross for the equaliser was just so, so classy. I was helpfully reminded of the name for that, Dallardinho, a Brazilian Dallard, a skillful Dallard. So yeah, thank you, Anorak, for that. If you don't know Anorak, he is the... He's the tightrope Tchaikovsky. He's the he's the disciplined Don. He is, yeah, a goal scorer challenge guru. So yeah, thank you, Anorak, for that. Dalardino, Ruben Neves, spot on. I did notice last episode a few little laughs almost crept out when I was talking about Cedric and his whole fiasco. It's almost happening again now. I've got I've got to control myself. Um I would much rather he plays 3,420 minutes, gets his clean sheets, but struggles in attacking points. I'd much rather, in inverted commas, win like that. So, you know, there is some guilt. I'd like to leave this message for Cedric's owners. To all you dullards out there with Cedric, this is for you. I've ridiculed everyone on the roster. I just want to say from the bottom of my heart, I'd like to take this chance to apologise. To absolutely nobody! The double champ doesn't 
Unbelievable. As one of my favourite names in one of my mini leagues says, Sari Natsari. First player I'd like to quickly mention is Yotta from Wolves. Saw a few people quite down on him after the first game, despite his five points. You know, relatively fortuitous five points, but he didn't look great. But, you know, he almost had his ankle broken in the first half. So, I mean, that's a pretty good excuse. I think you should let him off. A week in the treatment room, a few massages, manipulation, whatever, whatever they do there. I'm sure he'll be fine, but I wouldn't judge him on that game. It was a pretty rough challenge on him. I think he, the fact he finished the game or, you know, carried on, if anything, is a good sign. It's quite robust. So if Yotta got a score without necessarily impressing, the other end of that scale was Mitrovic, who I mentioned last time. He looked very dangerous. Seven shots, a lot of them in dangerous positions, and... Yeah, some of them you expect Hennessy to make the saves, but a lot of positives there. Very dangerous. And I have a suggestion for the scout cast. So on that scout cast, John T, my dull art nemesis, he whips out something called the goals imminent table. This shows the players who haven't scored goals lately, but it's coming. You know, they're having lots of chances. So I'm sure Mitrovic will feature very highly on that. And I think it needs a theme tune. I think you need to reel in some younger viewers, raise the profile, hype it up. So here we go. I want to hear this every time the goal was imminent table was featured. Here we go. Welcome to the goals imminent table with me, Joe. I noticed Pogba's got a price rise already maybe left quite an ambiguous comment on him you know my ambiguousometer the pointer on it was waggling quite fiercely he can justify 8 million without penalties my point was essentially my United don't get a lot of penalties so if your reason is wow he's on penalties now I have to buy him you know maybe just take a step back monitor that a bit monitor where he's playing and yeah see if the Leicester game was a one-off see if it was just you know, he, he is just back from the World Cup. You know, he didn't have that that extra 5% to make those forward bursts. So, yeah, it was mainly a penalty point. Yes, he can justify 8 million without penalties. But let's wait and see. A slight word of warning on Patrick Van Arnholt, our friend who did amazing week one, carried on where he left off last season. Something like five goals and two assists in 11 games, which you'd say that for a striker. But he's a left back. Incredible. And I don't know if you saw it as well. The way the way he finished his offside goal. Just um insane finish and a sign of more to come. Uh but he went off injured. Picked up a knock early on, played through it. So hopefully it's just a kick that seized up a bit as the match went on, but he was moving really badly the last few minutes. I mean there's there's no way he was brought off for a standing ovation. You know, that was more, you know, Wan-Bissaka, give him a standing ovation. But yeah, PV had, had a little knock. Um, Liverpool up next, so a lot of you are probably benching him anyway. Could be the best time little knock. But yeah, just keep an eye on that because he's not flagged. But he definitely went off with a little knock. Quick shout out to the 4.5 mil defenders. The alternatives to Cedric. Cabasele, clean sheet. Probably should have scored, so he's shown his threat there. Adam Smith got his start. 
if anything, Adam Smith I was frustrated with, even though he got six points. He was flirting with bonus the whole match, but just missed out. Uh, but the, the main frustration was last half an hour he played on the right wing. And then Francis came on at right back and Francis went and got an assist. You'd hope it would be the other way around. But no, long term, just the fact he's starting, that was the only doubt. So that's good to see. Talking of Bournemouth, quick shout out to my dad. He has Steve Cook, who I think is a good option. Good goal threat, nice and cheap. Uh, home to Cardiff, so arguably the best best fixture of the season. And he stuck him third sub. So well done, dad. Well done. Um, who else have we got there? Balbuena. Obviously, you weren't going to play him at Anfield. But he got his start. He also got a yellow card, which he, he has in his locker. It's probably about six or seven a season. But a good thing about him was he led the way for bonus for the West Ham defenders, even with his yellow card. And one of the reasons for that was 94.4% passing accuracy. He was the one doing most of the defensive actions. And that's because he's a very, very good penalty box defender. I think if you watch the game, if he gets dragged out the area, especially against pace and agility, he might get shown up. And I think Tim Vickery, I don't know if you know Tim, he's a South American football correspondent. He's on the world football phone in every week. Sometimes pops up on World Cup time. Uh, but yeah, he's been spot on about Balbuena if you went just on that match. Uh, but no, another thing about Balbuena, he had an early-headed chance. So one of Alisson's two saves was from him. He got Alisson a little bonus point. So yeah, he, up next, Bournemouth, that'll be interesting. Part of me thinks two will draw, three two either way. But I'll be playing Smith and Balbuena, so we'll see how we go there. Okay, now I'm going to make a little jump up from 4.5 defenders to 5 mil defenders. And I'm going to hone in on Leicester. Leicester have a very good little run coming up. I will find it here. They've got Wolves at home next, Southampton away, then Liverpool at home, bench them. Bournemouth away, Huddersfield at home, Newcastle away. Everton at home. Maybe Everton at home isn't so good for a defender. Arsenal away, then West Ham home, Cardiff away, Burnley home, Brighton away, Watford home, Fulham away. I mean, that's a fantastic run. So, apart from Maguire, they are very, very lowly owned. Just pop it up here. Maguire, 16.3%. Second highest owned player is Pereira, the guy who got the assist against Man United at 1.7%. So Morgan did start. He, he's being phased out 100%. I think they bought about four centre-backs on deadline day, which I think says it all. But now, Evan, if they have Evans, Maguire, Pereira and Chilwell, even though defensively I don't think Chilwell's the, Chilwell's the best, expect a big improvement from last season when they had Simpson and Morgan. I think they needed phase, phasing out and Pule's done that. Even if Pule might not be around that, that long... I think there's a lot of value there. We saw the left-backs in game week one. And Chilwell, he actually reminds me a bit of Robertson. Maybe not as, not quite as cultured in the final third, but he looks very comfortable on the ball still. And yeah, 0.5% ownership. I can see quite a few sort of 11 pointers from him, nine pointers from him over the season with clean sheet and assist. Hopefully bonus too. Just looking here, Three career yellow cards, that's good. He did get a red card last season. Uh, 
But no, let's say I mentioned it with Pereira. I thought Pereira looked really good on the right wing. Even if he goes back to right back, I think he's a good option and possible get out clause for Luke Shaw owners. Let's say you already have three Liverpool defenders and you can't really get Trent. I think Leicester. I mean, even Maguire at 5.5. I'd say, yeah, nothing wrong with that at all. And I know everyone was crazy about Madison, but I still can't see them scoring that well. I think there'll be a lot of 1-0 Vardys, which should open up a lot of bonus for the defenders. Let's see how it goes. One player I can't not mention. I was badgering FPL a bit to add him. Just He wasn't added before the deadline. I just wanted to see, could he be a 4.5 mil mid? They've added him as a striker, 4.5 mil. It's Isaac's success at Watford. And I need to thank Matthew Lesnar. He's a guy I follow on Twitter, young Spurs fan. Honorary president of the left back, left back appreciation society. And because of that, he had an amazing start game week one. Uh, yeah, Isaac's success was finally added after the deadline. Probably a good thing I didn't get baited into him. This will sound ridiculous because he didn't start game week one. Probably won't start for a while. But if Watford keep playing 4-4-2 and Daniel Gray get injured, or even if they don't get injured and they just go, let's say, 10 games without a goal, which is very possible for either, success might get a chance. So yeah, maybe more one for goal scorer challenge, but just monitor it from a distance, admittedly. But he's a funny player. And Javi Gracia even did the Arsenal special of calling him like a new signing in pre-season. Unlike when Wenger says it about players coming back from injury, success is just back from alone. And from just going AWOL. If you Google Isaac Success Baileys, You'll see why it's a hilarious story on Google. So yeah, keep an eye. Monitor from a very far distance, Isaac's success. To finish, I'm going to pimp some differentials. I'm going to pick one from each position on the pitch in FPL. Okay, fair enough, not a goalkeeper. But if you want a goalkeeper right now, Joe Hart, the stigma buster, has never conceded for Burnley in two matches. Two whole matches against attacking heavyweights. Attacking heavyweight Southampton. I mean, Nathan Redman is basically Ronaldo. And Bashakir, whoever they played in the Europa League. But yeah, let's say Joe Hart, 5% ownership. A defender, I've already mentioned him, Chilwell, 0.5% ownership. They are home to Wolves. Fair enough, a lot of people are tipping Wolves this season, but I'm going to go with Chilwell there. In midfield, I'm back Kennedy. 2.5% ownership away to Cardiff if Cardiff are going to stay up it's going to be because of their home form but I actually think Kennedy might suit away games better than he does home games even though his speed is very useful on Newcastle's big pitch I'm still backing him let's see how he goes up front Ian Acho for Leicester I thought it was quite interesting he played 90 minutes even when Vardy came on it wasn't for him against Man United. Uh, electric preseason. He was talked up a lot. Pure praises discipline, which I thought was the most interesting part because apparently that was one of his issues last season. Pure says his attitude is much better. This Ian Atcher himself says he feels much better physically. He had some injury problems when he arrived. I mean, preseason. I shouldn't mention it, but 
you know, he did very, very well. And he looked more like the player they thought they got from Man City. So, yeah. And another thing Pure mentioned, and he actually started doing the end of last season when Ian actually finally started getting some starts, is he mentioned experimenting with him position-wise, like essentially playing him alongside Vardy, either tucked him behind, a bit wide, up with him. I'm actually a little surprised Leicester don't go 3-5-2. I think they've got couple of great fullback uh, wingback options all Bryson to cover both wingback options three centre-backs Maguire Evans one of these new centre-backs or pulling Didi back into the back three Ian Acho and Vardy up front I think it'd be great for them but apparently he's not he's not open to it but let's see yeah but no Ian Acho same fixture as Chilwell obviously 1.2% ownership Let's see if he gets another chance. If he does play alongside Vardy, I'd absolutely love him. I'd love him my team. Let's say Josh King, it just doesn't happen for him. And you don't trust Wilson either. I would happily, happily swap to a nailed Ianacho. I think a lot of people would, but yeah, that's the big question. A nailed Ianacho. Um, that charity league I mentioned last time, so the guy's Twitter account, it's at from underscore Burnley, all lowercase, at from underscore Burnley. I recognise a few other people in the league, so it's definitely legit. You've got people like FPL Fly, so ooh, good luck winning it if he's in it. Uh, Jeff Pedder, I recognise him. But yeah, go on this guy's Twitter account, maybe you already follow him. A lot of people I know already follow him. And just, yeah, ask for more details. It says £230 to charity. The charity, sorry if it's the first one you've listened to this, it's a charity for cancer. And the pot's £460. But yeah, ask him for details. I might have I might have sold something short or just said something incorrectly there. But yeah, that's probably it for until after the game week. So good luck game week two. Good luck with this horrible captain decision. You know, Salah, Aguero, you know, Aguero could easily only play 60 minutes. Salah could struggle against the mighty Crystal Palace. The might of Crystal Palace. Um, hell, Richarlison could be the best option. If McCarthy, you know, there's a reason McCarthy started with an 11-pointer for Southampton. It's because Burnley somehow had six shots on target against them. Burnley having six shots on target in any game is just crazy. And yeah, Everton home to them. So let's see. Yeah, I'm terrible at signing off podcasts, as you notice, so I'm just going to make it snappy. Good luck next game week. Thanks, everyone. Thanks for listening. Nice to talk to you. Be nice and work hard.